Okay, so last week, last week, Dr. Joyner, uh, my boss, got up here and talked about Axelrod. And what do you remember about last week? Oh. Alright, let's do this a different way. Who was here last week? Raise your hand. Ha ha! Now, what do you remember from last week? Prisoner's Dilemma. Okay, Prisoner's Dilemma, which is a game of uncertainty and, and talks about how we make choices in uncertainty. And remember, he, he put one person in the room and said, you've been charged with a crime, and this person might rat on you, but if you rat on them, you'll get a payoff, and then if you both rat, you both go away for a long time, and you both sit tight. We talked about how that plays out a little bit in real life, and there are some real-world analogs to that, one of which is how marketing companies convince other businesses to market, because if they don't, someone else does, they'll sell more than them, and then both companies market, and they both lose money, but they gain a little bit to real-world analog that. that. We talk about in my negotiation class. One thing I want to start with this morning, well, let's go back. Anything about Prisoner's Dilemma or Axelrod that you remember? I thought yes. it was interesting that it was basically, my takeaway was that in the interest of fitting in, we are willing to set aside our convictions because we, in large, most people are more interested in fitting in than they are about standing by kind of what all these things that they think they believe in. Okay, You're uh, looking at me confused. Well, I'm. Did I not? Did that not come so out of my mouth? Sorry. I wanted it to. Let me. Let me. Let me <laughs> can you unpack that a little bit for me? Help me understand what you mean by that. Uh, well, he he said something like seventy percent of the people um, will basically be quiet. Yeah, they'll sit tight. They'll sit tight. Um, and I don't, maybe it's not 70%, but the majority of people a, a lot will of people sit will. tight rather than confess right. to what they know that they have done wrong or, uh, I don't know, I just thought that was interesting. Then. I can give a concrete example of that from, a, from an interview I heard actually. Oh, yeah. John Dean was, was being interviewed about Watergate and he, and he said he had all this information that he had heard about Nixon and knew all of it. <laughs> But in the beginning, he, he doubled down and tried to be more loyal rather than to be truthful about what was going on. I, so I thought that, that may be more of a concrete example of what Kerry's talking about there, that we, just, we get further entrenched in it rather than do what we need to do. Yeah, as someone who represented um, criminals for a living, alleged criminals, for a living <laughs> for 15 years almost, uh, yeah, it happens all the time. And what's interesting about the prisoner's dilemma is it's shorthand for a time when you think you're looking out for your own interests, but in actuality you're hurting yourself and the group. If we were purely rational actors, if we were sociopathic computers who did not care about the person sitting across from us, we would do what's best for us every time. But humans are not rational. You know this, right? You've experienced this. And we do something called altruism. You did it this morning, or you're going to do it later this morning. We give when it hurts us, and we're, we're still trying to figure out why that is. But we do that in Prisoner's Dilemma. And I have another game that's really interesting. This game is Copyright Me. 
I made this up, so if I see this on the internet, I will sue you. Alright? And in this game, what we're going to do is this. First, I'm going to ask you for the next five minutes, don't talk. Unless you have a question you need to do. Please don't talk. Or otherwise, communicate with your partner. Second, in this game, I'm going to ask that you not pair up with your spouse. Why? I don't want to be responsible for what happens when we leave this class. Okay? Because then that's going to be two more semesters of this class. And we don't, we don't necessarily need to do that. So, I'm going to ask you to pair up. I'm going to pass out this game. It's a game I've lovingly called Power Play. I used to call it Revenge, but again, that led to more problems. Here you go. So I pass this out. And then, these professional grade playing pieces. You'll take one and pass that out. Everybody needs one sheet and one professional playing piece. Now, you will need a pen to play this game. You will need a pen. Who needs a pen? Great. If you could pass those pens around. Okay. Wonderful. All right, if you could pass these pens around. And I've still got some more pens up here. I've tried to be prepared. So we're going to talk about that. See me after class. Yes. Does anybody need a pen still? Okay. You? Oh, thanks. Okay. <clears throat> now, let's find a partner. So decide real quick who is going to be your partner. Go ahead and partner up. I need a partner. We got partners here. Who, we have someone who needs a partner back here. Who needs a partner? I've got someone back here needs a partner. Who does? Yeah. I've got someone over here who needs a partner. Did you get a partner? You got a partner good. Yes. Don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. No communication. No communication. Don't share. Don't don't talk. This is this is paramount. Okay. Now listen. In the prisoner's dilemma, that's easy. Because it's a one-off situation. You're never going to find yourself in the DA's uh, chambers again, and your buddy's down the hall, and they might snitch you. It's never going to happen twice, right? In real life, more than often, we have to make decisions in uncertainty or have repeated interactions with a difficult person over and over and over again, right? This game is a model of that. Now. 
Go ahead and look at the board because I want to make. Just where are all the extra sheets? Because <coughs> some of you are going to have some questions, and I want to make sure I understand. Note that there are kind of four rows here, and there are ten basic columns. In the middle, you're going to write down the move, and this is basically a competitive move. This is a cooperative move. This is clip art at its finest. <laughs> now, if one person plays the boxing glove and the other person plays the hands, who gets what points? Did you read? Boxing glove gets five. So the boxing glove would get five points, <coughs> and the hands would get what? Zero. If both parties play the boxing gloves, what happens? Get one point. If both parties play the hands, what do you get? Three points each. Okay. In round one, you see the top and the in the bottom. One of those is your move. One is theirs. Those is theirs. If you want to be the first one, that's fine. If you want to be the second one, I don't care. But keep track of your score. You'll write your move and their move. You're storing your score for each round. Any questions on that? All right. Now. There are times where you can talk. After the third <coughs> round, I'll give you a minute to talk. And then after, I think, the sixth round, I'll give you another minute to talk. And the seventh round, it's a bonus round. Why? Because every game needs a bonus round, and you get three times the normal amount of points. Now, you might get really frustrated with your partner during this time. Please don't get them. And please don't talk. Please don't talk unless I tell you it's time to talk, okay? Now, what you're going to do is I'll say three, two, one, show your card. So take your card and start thinking about what you want your first move to be. And you're going to kind of hide that card. I know it's hard because we're on the table. But you want to hide that card, not let the other person know which way you're going to play. And in a moment, I'll say three, two, one, show your card, then you'll record your moves. Are you ready? The goal is to win, obviously. The goal of every game is to win. <laughs> The goal is to win. I want to see who my winners are. All right. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, you, we're doing that thing where we talk. Come on, cats. What's that? My admiration and future, obviously. I don't know. There might be a prize involved. I don't want to spoil it. All right. But I am curious to see who gets the best score. All right. I think I know who it might be. Ready? Three, two, one. Show your card. Okay, record your scores. Your score and their score. Now remember, don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. You're only communicating through your moves. We're only communicating through our moves, whatever that move was. If you want to walk around and observe, it can be a lot of fun. All right, you can do that too. Okay, ready? Here we go. Here we go. We're going to do it again. Hide your card. Don't let them see what you're going to do. All right. Three, two, one. Show them the card. Record your scores. Record your scores. Okay. We're going to jump right in. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to jump right into it. Here we go. You've got them written down. You're developing some patterns here. You may not like your person as much as you did four minutes ago. <laughs> Three, two, one, show your cards. 
All right, write down your scores. In a minute, I get to record your scores and see how, how smart you are. We'll see. All right. Now, you get one minute to talk. I'm going to keep time. You get one minute. Go now. You can convince your person to make a play. You can say whatever you want to say. Whatever you think they need to hear. Record your scores. Some of you are very disappointed right now. No, you, you'll tally them at the end. You'll see there's a part for the totals here. <sighs> Got to find out who my winners are. Okay, here we go. Let's jump right back into it. Don't share. All right, don't share. Here we go. Next move. We should be in round five, right? Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Ready for round six, and after round six, you get another minute. Here we go. Share your card. I mean, don't share your card. Get your card's ready. Maybe you change your play now. Share your card. Here we go. Three, two, one. Share your cards. All right. All right. All right. You get another minute. Go. what's really cool. That person who lied to you at the end of the third round, now they get triple the points for whatever move they made. And they probably knew that when you started talking. So let's see if you guys really trust your partners because this is the only moment in the game where they get three times the points. All right, this, this moment won't come again, so let's see what happens. Three, two, one, sugar cards. All right, write down your scores. Write down your, write down your scores. All right. 
Here we go. We are now at round eight. Some of you are running out of chances to catch up and maximize your score. Round eight. Three, two, one. Show your cards. Are you still tripling the score? Nope. So you went, you went back to regular score. Regular score. You don't, you don't triple them after round eight. Okay. Round nine. Two rounds left. Oh, you are. Three, two, one. Show your cards. Funny thing about round ten. What's different about round ten? Someone tell me. There's no round 11, which means this is the end of this relationship, not for you. This is it. So after this, you don't have to deal with them. Maybe they've been hard on you. Maybe they got advantage on you a couple of times. Maybe you know the person across from you is a sucker. I don't know. But this is the last round. After this round, write down your score and then total both sides scores, okay? Ready? Three, two, one, show your cards. Presumably, you two should agree on what the scores are. Uh, now, the moment of truth. Here we go, moment of truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down everybody's scores. Okay, and, and uh, I'm going to start over here and kind of work my way across. Make sure I get your score, okay? My math is not good, I trust you. All right, now you want to hear how everybody else did in relation to you. You want to hear how everybody else did, then we're going to debrief the game a little bit. So, how did you guys do? 39. 39. And, and 29. Some of you are already dismayed. Some of you are like, I got this. All right, right here. 36 and 36. 36 apiece. Interesting. 28. 28 apiece. Fifteen each. Fifteen each. Fifteen each. We decided, we decided not to infringe on your patent. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you guys were together? Thirty-five apiece. Thirty-five apiece. Back here? See, I was keeping mine up here first. Thirty-six apiece. There's some in every group. Uh, let's go here. 35-30. This is the first time I've played this in a church situation. I've always wondered how it would play out here. And some of you guys have not disappointed me with your competitiveness. 36-24. 36-24. And how did you guys do? 5328. 50 what? 33 28. 
26, 30, who got the 26 and who got the 36? 26. 26, 36. Young line. Good job. All right. 36, 26. I, I really want to know how this. 3525? 3525? All right, 3525. Uh, let's see, who have I not heard from yet right here? 29 and 24. 29 and 24. Yes, Bill? You love this one. 21 and 36. 21 to 36. Who was 21? Mm. You should see my graph, though, after the round. <laughs> I would love to see that. And then. I gained more points later in the round. Back here? Six and 56. What's that? Six and 56. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Are you a Razorback fan too? <laughs> okay, 56 to six. So Are y'all married? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> 32 apiece. Well, that's precious. Okay. So, which score do you think I want to talk about first? Mm, 14 and 6. 14 yeah, I want to talk about 56 and 6, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. They're not know, Christian. Who was 6? <laughs> <laughs> who was 6? You knew the point was to win, right? Okay. What happened? What happened? In your, in your match, like what happened to get the score going like that? Either one of you just we tell us. The handshake on the first one, and then on the second round, I went to this. Uh huh. And then the third round, we both said this, and then you said we could talk. And he said, This is where we need to make a play. So from here on out, you just show this, and I just show this, and we'll maximize our points. And I really he, said, he That said, sounds like a great plan. So let's go. <laughs> so, I, so we both we said what we were going to do. Right. So and then you, you chose, did. You chose we did to get. We didn't vary. You chose to get five points around, and he chose to get it. And I offered to be the one that wouldn't get any points, and I said, why don't you win? And he said, no, I don't care, we'll, we'll both win. Because you were trying to be nice, and he was like, no, please, walk all over me. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, but we'll both win if we do this, and we stuck to it. We didn't. You'll both win? What, what nonsense is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a kickback. <laughs> this isn't both winning. Hmm. This is one person destroying the other. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. 56 to 6. And that would be a combined score if we were playing your game of 62, right? 62, yeah. Okay. Which we were proud of. Yeah. I'm happy for you. If you're happy, I'm happy. Now, let's go to... And I'd love to hear everybody's story. I would like to talk to 15 and 15, which I think was here. Tell me what happened. We're both Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike other people. <laughs> we agreed to cooperate. Yep. And you and agreed he didn't have a strong desire to win, and I didn't either. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm retired. <laughs> it looks like you guys play boxing gloves almost every round, right? Yes. Okay. And in the bonus round, you both got your three points. And so well, I, I put up the wrong one once, and so I got ahead, so I. So he put up the, we made it so that he would get the next set of points. So you both cooperated to get the lowest combustion. <laughs> <laughs> and just for fun, just for fun, this would be 30 points altogether, right? They were trying as hard as they could, or at least it made sense to them what they were doing. Yes. Um, but they didn't win, right? 
neither one of them won. And yes, together, we won. Oh man, I'm the one keeping scores. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Now let's talk about. But let's what talk you about. Think doesn't really matter to us. What's well, good. Good. good? Be happy. I've got two thirty-sixes, right? Okay, I know one was back here. And tell me how you guys solved that. How? What made you guys think to use that strategy? Well, I will first say that if I were actually playing a game, just to play a game in any other setting, that I would not have played the same way. Mm -hmm. I do think there's I, something about this room that changes this. But I couldn't help but like think of the game as it would relate to a difficult relationship. <laughs> and so how to, while there may not necessarily be a winner, how we could potentially each have the most points overall. So you played the hands every time? Every time. Every time. How did you guys figure that out? You weren't supposed to talk beforehand. So how did you figure out after the first play that you were going to keep doing that? I think that comes down to judging a book by its cover. Like, I don't know if there was a different person sitting next to me, if I would have made the same assumptions. But I just thought, you know, I think she, she, she I think I can trust her um, in this situation. What's interesting is, and I've watched this game played a bunch of times now, and there's some other games <coughs> like this. If she'd have played the boxing gloves on the first hand, right, all this judging a book by its cover would have gone out the window. <laughs> this was only possible, obviously, because she played the clock, but they were only able to establish this whole pattern because they both began cooperatively. You see that? Okay. Where are my other 36s? Right here. Okay. Not. Surprising, um, because in this game, my females tend to do a lot, not my females, but the ladies <laughs> tend to do, I, I heard that as soon as I said it, um, the ladies tend to do better uh, for joint games. Now, what's better? Higher. Higher combined score. Mm -hmm. Also, <laughs> higher individual score in this classroom goes to the lady in the back, right? Um, well, how did you guys figure this out? I'm not sure we figured it out. We were just going by what we would do in real life. I'm super competitive when it comes to games. I knew early on Joy was going to go cooperative every time. It was super tempting to want to go boxing glove. I could have taken. Use the boxing glove. I, oh, I could have done it all day long. I don't think she would have changed. It was very tempting. But. Now I'm curious. I'm curious for both of you guys. In the last round. I was tempted. So I'm this. I think you said it. I tried to do what I would do in real life, and this isn't necessarily a good thing. And so I own a business, and even if I have like employee where we're not on the same page and we are parting ways, I'm a people pleaser and I don't like burning bridges. So even when we are parting ways, I go above and beyond not to attack or I try to make it as smooth as possible. Even if I, I just think it all comes back around. Even if you told me I'd never see that person again, I don't believe that. Well, there, thank you for sharing. Now, let me ask you this. Everybody else who played has had a chance to talk about your game. Um, what were some patterns that you noticed as you played? I think that there's a, I'm sorry. 
there, if there's a lack of trust or you don't know the other person or you don't know about the game either, mm -hmm. then that could potentially make you competitive. Yes. As a matter of fact, there are lots of simulations of similar games. Even the computer models where they, there's a game called Greenbeard where they actually recognize the other computer and those computers will start playing cooperatively. And people do the same thing. Um, if we have some sort of affiliation, like I know Bill because we went to Europe together a long time ago. So we have a natural affiliation. There's a reason I didn't want spouses to play together. It wasn't because I, wanted, I thought you guys would murder each other at home. Um, it was that I knew you would have a better affiliation with each other and you'd be more likely to play the hands, right? People who have affiliation tend to be more cooperative. And there's a whole series of classes we can unpack on just that, right? What else did you notice? Yeah. So we were cooperative until round six when he pulled a punch. And then nice. I thought, I thought mm, this is a game. This is supposed to be competitive. I think I'll pull a punch. And so then after he pulled a punch, I pulled a punch. I got my 15 points. We were cooperative the rest of the way. Now, this is also interesting. Okay? He, and this is the part of the game I'm still working on to how to describe this moment. He punched her, right? And what did she do next round? She punched right back. And then what happened after that? And it's not surprising then that it fits right along with what Steve taught last week that you begin cooperatively and then you respond in kind. And you be clear and you be consistent. How many of you guys that just went off the rail in the first round and you thought you would be altruistic and try to bring them to enlightenment by just keep playing the hands just to see if they would eventually change their way? That happened to you? And how did that work out for you? Uh, it wasn't until I was able to actually explain what I was doing that did we change tactics. Okay. But until we had, until, until we had, had an opportunity to actually talk about that, that's, yeah, when, the, that's when the trajectory changed. This is just a game, right? It is just pieces of paper. And maybe you were fully invested. Maybe, maybe you weren't as much. But don't you see the real world analogs of the behavior that happens here? Some of you are in relationships in life where you're cooperating with the person and you're, you don't even have to negotiate because things are easy, right? You're in a season with this person, things are easy, we're cooperating. Some of you are in seasons of life or in, and in relationships where the other person is always punching and you're always playing the hand. And does playing the hand alone change their behavior? No. And how many, at least, in, in, how many of you know friends who are in relationships, whether they be business or per, personal, who keep getting walked on? Because they think somehow, if they keep being nice, it'll change the other person. And it tends not to happen. And maybe I'm stepping on toes, or maybe you know the situation. We know this is true in the conflict management context. We see it, studies show it as well. And this game is a way to talk about what winning looks like and how to bring about cooperation over time. That was a good example of that. And I'm sure that happened maybe in other places around the room. Yes? So in this scenario, um, you've got the person being walked on, and then finally they stand up and throw a punch, mm -hmm. and then consequences. Then what typically happens after that? Okay, that's a good question. So what Dr. Joyner would tell you using Axelrod's model, and here's what Axelrod stands for. I, quite a side that I'm going to come back to answer you. Axelrod is a model for not being bullied. 
Axelrod is not a panacea to solve all conflict, but it is a step to not be bullied. I had a few people reach out to me this week and say, I tried Axelrod. And I said, well, tell me about it. And then they would send me these text messages that they tried with the other person. First of all, Axelrod via text. <laughs> Second of all, they forgot the whole begin cooperatively and just started punching. I'm Axelrod. That, that's not what Axelrod is, right? We begin cooperatively to see if we can get something to work. Then we respond in kind. In real life, okay? Someone, let's say this is person A, this is person B. Some of you linear thinkers, you might like this. And let's say person A begins cooperatively. Person B begins cooperatively. So, using Axelrod's rules, what should person A do in the next iteration? Responding kind, right? They should cooperate. But this time B does this. Okay, they punch, they are competitive with that person. And we're gonna have an ongoing relationship here. What should A do the next time around using Axelrod's model? What? They should also be competitive, right? Then, this time B, they're cooperative. Next time, what should they do? This is why it's called tit for tat, right? You mirror their last moves. Does everybody see that that's exactly what's happening? And if they're negative, you're negative. And sometimes, it spirals a little bit, okay? And then you might need some help there. Sometimes they change their behavior and you set some clear boundaries in the relationship, right? Right. And you set some clear boundaries in the relationship. And in a relationship over years or over time, you set boundaries that other people might not set and you will not be bullied. Or, to speak more hypothetically, that person you know will not be bullied anymore. That's the whole point of actual life. And I just wanted to bring that back to us this week, right? Because a lot of us were taught Williamson County school motto, we were taught to be nice. And if we're nice, the other person's nice, and we'll all get along. That's what Mama taught us. And then I may have said this before. Mama lied. <laughs> okay, she meant well, but the world doesn't always work that way. And it's hard to be a cooperative person in a competitive world. It's just hard. So this is one way to deal with that situation. Yes, ma'am. So, and I, I just want to make sure I understood from, I was here last week, and okay. I think what doesn't exactly drive what we're saying here today and what I understood from last time is we're not exactly supposed to respond in the same way, you know, that they are, like, to me, instead of, like, throwing a punch, you're supposed to, like, put up a shield, That's you right. know, essentially. So, you respond in kind, and, and what that means is if they're being competitive, you can credit back. If they punch you, that doesn't mean necessarily punch them back. That means stand up to them in some way, right? right? That doesn't mean, you know, if they punch you, you nuke their house, you know, <laughs> right? right? That doesn't mean you responded in time. Yeah. I guess I just think, like, what's incredibly difficult is, and maybe it's depending on how close the difficult person is, like, my difficult person is a family member, and I think I could potentially, you know, reply and repeat what they're saying in a neutral tone, maybe, for someone who I don't have you know, a, a, a big relationship with, um, but I don't know how you can really like 
not be snarky or sarcastic or, you know, with someone that you have, are a relative, you know, with, so. It can be really hard, and one of the things we'll talk about in future classes, and something I struggle with, and I appreciate you not making any faces at this point, <laughs> is, is getting a little angry in the moment and saying something I regret or, or using the wrong tone. Because there's a way to be kind, but clear, and respond to kind. There's a way to do that. And we'll talk about that later. One of the books I, I give my students when we do negotiation, it's a book called Beyond Reason. And it's all about what happens to your brain when you get upset and you're not able to make rational decisions. When you're in the moment and you're trying to get something going from the person. And everyone in here was just negotiating. And we have a little bit of, oh, we don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> Am I supposed to stop at 45 or 10? 45? Okay. This is great. Um, let me show you. Man, I had all these. I have like 10 slides. I worked really hard on this. I worked hard. I, I did something. Um, this word, no, you've been hating that word since the first time you heard it. And the word no is very powerful. It triggers a response from you that starts in a very primitive part of your brain. And that part of your brain turns off the rational part. And instead of being able to think and say exactly what you wanted to say, <clears throat> you go snarky or you get angry, and that part of your brain shuts down. It's the problem of no. And the reason I love Southwest, every time I fly Southwest, I'm, I'm going somewhere, I always get one of their napkins. And it says, in a world full of no, we're a plane full of yes. I had a two-hour conversation with the CEO the other day over this napkin, right? And it was, it was a really wonderful time, and it starts there. And we hate this word no, right? If you don't believe me, um, you know, try it on someone and see how they respond. And so, oh, we'll start with this next week. 